This is ESPN Radio. It is morning here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf filling in. For those of you driving around or watching on ESPNU, we are normally the host on Sunday mornings from 10 to 1. We get you into the NFL season, but this week we'll be filling in. We're halfway through. At this point on a normal day, I'd just be contemplating getting out of bed, but we have already talked for two hours. Myron is based up in Minnesota, and I'm based in Kentucky. And, Myron, it's still not daylight for me yet or you, but we're having a great time. Yeah, man. I mean, once the coffee kicked in, we, we started rolling, but it took a little bit, I think, it to get did. our mo- momentum going. But that's all right. We're at it now, and breaking news this morning. You know, normally news doesn't necessarily break that early in the morning, but it did because it came from China. James Harden had a reaction to the statements of his GM. You may remember that Daryl Morey had said yesterday that James Harden was now off the trading block. They thought about trading him to the Clippers, couldn't find the right deal. Basically, he said trade talks were done with the Clippers, and they were now proceeding as if Harden would be on the team this year. So Harden, this mor- or I don't I don't know the time change, but either this morning yeah. or last night or tomorrow tonight, whatever it is in China, he did a statement, and this is what he had to say. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Oh. What I think is amazing about that statement, not only does he call his GM a liar, not only a GM who's brought him to not one but two teams, but three, he says over and over, Daryl Moore is a liar, and he specifically says, just in case you didn't hear, Daryl Moore is a liar. I think it is an unbelievable statement and one of the more amazing things to hear a player say about his GM that I can remember. Yeah, I mean – you just can't say that in this business. You can't say it about people in general. You don't have to be in sports. To call someone a liar publicly is a significant thing. And I don't know how you go back on that. I think the Sixers tried to trade James Harden. I think they tried to honor his request. But the reality is it's not 2018. And teams just weren't willing to give up a whole lot to get James Harden. James Harden is convinced that he's still MVP James Harden, that he can still lead a team to a championship, and the market proved otherwise. So to say that about Daryl Morey, even if you believe that publicly, I think the trade market is dead for him. And now if I'm the Sixers, I'm like, I don't want that dude a part of my team. I'm not going to trade him up for pennies, but I don't want him in training camp. So he's in sort of this uh, no man's land, this purgatory, and it's all self-inflicted because you know what? With James Harden, it's always self-inflicted. I Googled, Matt, before this segment, James Harden demands a trade. I didn't attach yes. a team to it. I found links when he was in Houston, James Harden demands a trade. When he was in Brooklyn with his buddies KD and Kyrie Irving, James Harden demands a trade. And now here we are again. James Harden demands Oklahoma a trade City. at some point. In Oklahoma City, he didn't demand it but kind of wanted yeah. it as well. I mean, he's he, basically everywhere he's ever been. At some point, it's James Harden, right? At some point, this is a guy who has failed to do what other veterans in this league have done, and that's realize that they're not 28, 29, 30 anymore. Their roles have changed. they got to humble themselves a little bit if they want to pursue a championship. He doesn't seem capable, Matt, of doing that. 
Yeah, I think the idea of him humbling himself is crazy. But I was trying to think in terms of, okay, so the Clippers deal fell apart. But I was thinking, all right, let's just say theoretically that you were a GM and you wanted to do, take put the salary cap to the side because he's also vastly overpaid, which is another issue. But just player for player, can you think of a team that is not a tanking team? Can you think of a team that has a player you would trade player for player of equal worth for Harden? I don't know what he's even worth. I don't think he's worth as much as a star, but he is better than a role player. But he's in that place where he is paid as a star, but you don't want to give up any star for him. So, again, to use your point, you're going to get pennies on the dollar which makes him a problem. There's just no one that there's no one. I I cannot think of a star who I think could be the second best player on a championship team that I would give up for him. Can you, I mean, can you think of any, can you even think of a playoff team where you would give the second best player up for James Hart? No. I mean, I I think the reality is, if he goes to a contender, Matt, he's number three. Here's what this did, though, today. Here's the challenge he created for himself. The market said, listen, nobody's giving up a top two player, to your point, for James Harden. You're not going to get a top 15 or a top 20 guy. It's just not going to happen. So then you go to the next tier. If you're Philly, maybe you'll settle for a young star. Here's the challenge. If you're a rebuilding team or a team that has a bunch of young pieces and James Harden is calling the GM a liar, in China on a public stage, you don't want him around your young guys. You don't want that influence in your locker room. So now he has sort of put himself in this situation where the contenders don't need him, and clearly the trademark says they don't want him. And now the teams in the next tier of the NBA are like, what is that dude going to add? you know, to our locker room if he's coming in with a certain attitude. James Harden is not the first formerly great player who had to understand who he is at age 34. He turns 34 at the end of this month. He's not going to be the last player. But the guys who succeeded at this stage in their career, they understood they had to adjust and they were better for it. He just seems convinced, Matt, that he's the guy in his mind. And you get to a point if you're James Harden, and guess what? Nobody's going to work with you. No one wants to play with you. And no team's going to want to deal with you because you're just not worth the trouble at this stage of your career. But here's the great thing about sports. That isn't true about the other things in life. There's a great equalizer, which is there are games that decide who's the best, right? So you can have all these opinions, but at the end of the day, it's not like celebrity or politics where we can all argue infinitely about who's the best in sports you play games and James Harden's never won okay Mm -hmm. so when you sit there I asked earlier in the show an 888 say ESPN I want you to find me a person in sports history who has been a bigger problem off the court or even on the court and won and had the talent of Harden but won less Okay, you have guys who are problems, but win. Kyrie Irving, Dennis Rodman, maybe even the distraction of an Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? They've all won. You also have dudes that are problems and talented, and you know where they are at 34? They're out of the league. I don't think there are many people like Harden. The other thing is the cap. In order to make a trade work with him, you've got to give away a lot of salary, which means you've got to give away a star. But I can't think of a star I'd like to have less than James Harden, 
right? And so the only teams that have cap space for him are young teams. And, Myron, like you say, you would never want to infect a young team with James Harden. So I think the trade market for him, if the Clippers don't want him and the Lakers don't want him, I don't think there is a trade market for him that exists. And what's interesting is those are his peers, right? So those guys can go to management. They can go to their executives, owners, and say, listen, go get James Harden. Do whatever it takes. We've seen guys like that have that kind of influence. Guess what, Matt? Nobody's doing that. You want to know why? Because they don't think it's worth it. So now your peers don't think that you're worth the trouble of giving up a whole bunch in return for you. The young teams don't want you. And then you're saying things like this. James Harden played the Boston Celtics last year in the playoffs. It was a seven-game series. We all watched it. He had two explosive 40-point performances, and people were like, that's the James Harden we know. That's what he's capable of. You know what he did those five other games, Matt? He was terrible. Absolutely terrible. He didn't show up. The audacity of somebody to come into this offseason and say, I deserve to be the leader of a contender or I deserve to be traded to a team so I can go win a championship after that performance, that's a dude who's got millions of dollars but no mirrors in his house because he certainly doesn't look at himself in the flaws that he has. James Harden is a number three for a contending team at best. He is not an elite talent anymore in this league who can lead a team to a championship. And if he doesn't realize that, he's not going to have a role in this league. I've worked with you for a long time. I'm trying to think if you ever used that because normally I kind of know your little sayings. He's a million. He's a he's a million dollar talent and has no mirrors in his house. I yeah, like no. that. Did you just come up with that on the fly? I did. I did. Yeah, just kind of like popped that. Up. Yep. Well Thanks. done. He has he has Appreciate no mirrors that. on his in his house because he doesn't look at the flaws in himself. I think you made a really good point about his peers. A difference between him and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's peers really respect him. They do. Right? It's weird. Like, we think he's a weirdo and odd and has all these problems, but Kyrie Irving's peers all kind of respect, or in the younger player's case, almost idolize him in a way. They don't feel that way about James Harden, and I think that makes a difference. Let's switch sides real quick to the Sixers part of it. Daryl Morey, I think most people will focus on Harden, But the criticism is of him. If you're the Sixers, at some point do you say, we've got to do something else. We thought this would work, but the Harden thing didn't work. we got to go in a different direction. I can see that happening. I mean, they moved on from Doc Rivers. I I think the biggest story, though, beyond Harden, beyond Darryl Moore, is what does Embiid think about all this, man? If you're Joel Embiid and you just watch Jokic with a bunch of young guys around him win a championship and look like he can win two or three more – and you watch Giannis win a championship a couple years ago, and here you are in Philly, and you can't get past Boston, and you end up in this purgatory in the Eastern Conference, why stay? So I think the next thing is, if Joel Embiid is unhappy and he wants to leave, you're going to have to break up that whole thing no matter what. Cleveland is in Kentucky. Do you have somebody like Harden? First of all, where in Kentucky are you? I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bowling Green, Kentucky. You know what college is in Bowling Green, Myron? Western Kentucky, I've been there. Western Kentucky, that's right. The Hilltoppers. Yeah, the what do Hilltoppers, you got? Go Big Red. Yeah, I can't really think of a player, but I can say this about James Harden. I've never personally cared that much for him. I think he's hurt the game the way that he used to dribble the air out of the ball. Yes. Now a lot of the young people do that. 
why would you want to be a teammate of his, especially now when you know he's probably going to go back to that so so he can get the props that he thinks he deserves. So when you throw the ball to him, he's just going to dribble forever. Who I'm with you. Play with him? Nobody. I think that's a great point, Cleveland and Kentucky. I think, yeah. Myron, along with Russell Westbrook, I can't think of very many people that would be worse to be a teammate. You know, Jokic or even LeBron, those are guys that make yeah. their teammates better. Harden, I think, actually finds a way to make his teammates worse. The Sixers will have a hot ticket this year. Yes, they will, depending on what happens with James Harden and Joel Embiid. But the hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live with Vivid Seats. We're going to stay in Philadelphia. The Eagles, the very last two-a-day on ESPN Radio. We've been doing them for two and a half weeks. We'll do the Eagles. That's next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is ESPN Radio. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two a Day. Time is here on ESPN Radio. The Philadelphia Eagles. Go. I'm Tim McManus covering the Eagles, and the big question facing the squad is whether they can become the first NFC team since the 1974 Minnesota Vikings to lose the Super Bowl and then return to the game the following season. A lot of things going for this team, including an ascending quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Coach Nick Sirianni told me that he's seen another jump in Hurts' game this offseason, but they lost five defensive starters as well as their offensive and defensive coordinators and they face one of the toughest schedules in the entire NFL. The degree of difficulty has risen for this team. Let's see if they're up for the challenge. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. The Eagles are the topic today. It is Two-A-Days. We've been doing it for weeks here, getting you ready for the NFL season, and the Philadelphia Eagles are the last ones. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. So, Myron, uh, I have a theory. It's not just my theory. It's a lot of people's theory that you can't ever bet on the team that lost in the Super Bowl. There's a ton of history that showcases a team that loses in the Super Bowl pretty much never makes it back to the Super Bowl. Last team to do it, Buffalo Bills back in the early 90s. And sometimes they have a massive fall off. Last year, the Bengals did not. They still made the AFC Championship game. But there are many examples over the years of at least a three- to four-game drop in the regular season. This year's Eagles team, if you want to make the case against them, 
you would say that their defense may be better, but the schedule is difficult. Probably the hardest schedule in the NFL, and the NFC has some teams that will be better even though there aren't great teams at the top. Myron, I've, I've, we've had this conversation, and it feels to me like you still think that the Eagles will break the mold of history in the last 25, 30 years and get back to the Super Bowl. Is that what you think? Yeah, I mean, the NFC is as weak as it's been in a long time. You know, So I think I look at that picture more than anything. Who's the real threat in the NFC? A 49ers team that has to get Brock Purdy back uh, healthy at quarterback, and Brock Purdy was great down the stretch. What does he do? with more time, more reps, and a leadership role where he's not going to shock anybody. Dallas is Dallas in the up-and-down play there. Dak Prescott leading the league in interceptions, even though he only played 12 games last year. So I think there are a lot of question marks in the NFC. No really intimidating team outside of Philly. And I think Philly got better in a lot of ways. You go and get Jalen Carter, Carter, Nolan Smith, the Georgia guys, boost that defense. Even though you lost Jonathan Gannon, your defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, comes in. I think from Chicago, you lose Shane Steichen on offense, but Brian Johnson was the quarterback's coach. Now he's your offensive coordinator. So even though you lose some guys at key spots, there's still still some continuity. And Jalen Hurts will get better, man. If you look at Jalen Hurts, Matt, from the time that he was pulled from the national championship game with Alabama, to who he is now. He has legitimately improved every single season, and I think that will continue for him. He'll be an MVP candidate. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and the pieces they have on offense, just that style they play. Philly is, to me, the class of the NFC. Now, can they beat whoever comes out of the AFC? That's another conversation, but I don't see any team stopping them in the NFC. I think your point about Jalen Hurts is a great point, and I think it's worth talking about. You know, when he got benched in the national championship game, Myron, that's a lot for a young kid to have to do. It is. Right? I mean, he was in the national championship the year before, gets replaced by a young guy, ends up having to transfer. There's a lot of people in this world that would have never been the same as a football player after that. There are not many times that I can think of sports or even life where something like that's happened that you've seen someone do what Jalen Hurts do. I have all the respect in the world for that kid. To leave Alabama, arguably the most high-profile program in all of college football, go to Oklahoma, be as good as he was, get picked in the NFL, have a ton of doubters, and to slowly get better and end up in the Super Bowl, I have all the respect in the world for that kid, and I really think that's a story – that young people should look at and say, I mean, I don't mean to be cheesy, but you shouldn't ever give up because I don't know that you'll see perseverance like that. So I will say this. If there's going to be a team to sort of break that Super Bowl loser streak, I wouldn't mind betting on a Jalen Hurts who has shown he can come back from adversity as well as anyone I can remember. If you're just talking on the field adversity and not off the field – I can't think of many who've done a better job than he has after that demotion. I think that's well said, man, because not only does he get demoted on national TV and just the embarrassment attached to that, he came back the following year. He didn't transfer went to the playoff and went to the playoff with a different team. Yeah. You know, so he's a guy who stayed a year, then goes to Oklahoma, and he was great at Oklahoma, comes into the NFL, a lot of doubts about whether or not he could play at this level. The Carson Wentz situation happens, and this dude just emerged, man, and became a leader 
and just gain the respect of everybody, not just in that locker room, but I think around the NFL for the reasons that you stated. And I just think the improvements he made last year, if he continues on that path, he's going to be a top six or seven quarterback for the duration of his prime. Now he's got well, some where do you put him now? It. Where do you put him now? I mean, I think you and I would both agree. Well, maybe we would. The two best quarterbacks in the NFL today, Mahomes and Burrow. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Okay, so then I put Allen next, and then I think there's a group that it all is kind of in the eye of the beholder where you want to put Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Lamar, Justin Herbert. You you pick your guys. If you yeah. agree with me, do you agree with me on the top three? Would you put Allen third, and then where do you put Hurts in that next list? Yeah, I mean, I think you can make a case that Hurts is anywhere from four to eight. You know, okay. but but I think based on how he played last year and what he did, I think he's top five. You know, he right was now, definitely number four. He was definitely number four at least last year. Do you think yeah. that goes into another year? I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is he going to be a player that we look back and go, that's a good player, but like a Cam Newton who had an amazing year or two was good for a lot of the rest of his career, but we saw a peak. Or do you think there's still more to come? I think there's more to come. I mean, A, he's got so many weapons, right? You get A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, that's going to put you in that position. I think just the way the Eagles play, that's just such a difficult offense to defend because of the way they can run, because of how smart and versatile Jalen Hurts is. So I think he'll continue to improve. He's a big, sturdy quarterback. You know, he stays healthy. I think he's going to be in that top seven conversation for a while. Now, you don't necessarily, though, have a window that's five, ten years. Like, we've seen a bunch of young guys that we thought, oh, that dude's going to have five, six chances to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And you find out, well, maybe there's only one or two. Talk to Russell and, Wilson. So, I think he has to approach about the season the, like that. Yeah, and don't forget about the rookie contract part of that. If you listen to this yes. Sunday morning show that, Matt, that Myron and I host going into the NFL games, I talk about this all the time. But if you study history, there, especially in the last ten years of the hard cap era, you win and make Super Bowls with either a Hall of Fame caliber guy or a dude on a rookie-type deal. That's the way it goes. Now, maybe Jalen Hurts is a Hall of Fame-type guy. We have to wait and see. But his deal couldn't have been more favorable. He wasn't even a first-round pick, right? So yeah. they were paying him almost nothing, and they were able to load the team up with other guys. That's now changing, right? So now you have to see. In the same way that Mahomes and Brady and Manning, Rodgers, they could all do it with secondary guys that weren't as good because they were making all the money. We will have to see if Jalen Hurts is going to be able to do that as well. I'm going to tell you which rookie quarterback I have the least amount of faith in. And every time I say it, people get angry, but it doesn't change the truth. That's next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call and click Granger.com or just, just stop by.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. This is, we were talking about Jelly Roll. This is Tootsie Roll, the 69 boys making an ESPN morning's debut. Were you, I could see a young Myron Metcalf shaking his thing to this. Am I right? (laughs) What? Okay. You were just shaking yeah. the thing, right? I was, I was, what I was. What did you want me to, to say? I didn't. I mean, I'm not. I, I, I don't know. I just didn't know what you were going to say. But yeah, definitely. Yes, I, I could this see my song. you doing this. I, I'm sure that's correct. Uh, there are a lot of people still writing in, you know, on ESPN Radio or in the text machine. What are they saying? Seven seven two seven seven four five two five four. One person writes, Matt. I would like for you to rate Myron's background, and Myron to rate your background. Of the TV show. So, again, it's on ESPNU. We have backgrounds. Myron may be messing up a little bit, but you have books and two sneakers. So, I'm going to say this. I like your books. I know that one of them is just called football, but nevertheless, I still like them. I like that you have books. You have AI and Jordan sneakers. It's not the best pair of Jordans that he ever made. As a matter of fact, it's pretty low on the Jordan list, but I there, appreciate okay. the Those effort. Those are some Michael B. Jordans. Yes, they are. They are Listen, Michael man. B. Jordans, Mikhail and they Jordan. are Allen Iverson, A-L-A-N Iverson shoes. But nevertheless, I give you credits for trying, and I think that's worthy of a solid B. <laughs> you borrowed that fireplace from somebody's that. grandmom's house. I appreciate that. I appreciate that coming from somebody who has an Abraham Lincoln picture behind this him. is a great <laughs> picture abraham track. lincoln he says i hope to have god on my side but i must yeah. have kentucky what a great what a great slogan for my home state so why you're, why you're is like, there a tile you go to a store yeah but it's like so you go to a store you're like hey i want my place to feel like 1876 <laughs> can you help me out with that well is that I what mean, you said no, it, I have a butter churn when you walk you got in the a, door so, so that you, got you a musket, can get everything. You got a, like, what else do you have, man? Well, what about, okay, what about this, Myron? What about my baby Billy picture? And then there yeah. are books. Do you like the books? It, uh, you know, I'm a big You got reader. a lot of books. How, how many of those have you read? I've read every book that's up here. And I have probably 
200 to 300 books on the floor that I've probably read two-thirds of. There are still many I need to read. Can we wow. just revisit that, real that's quick impressive. that Myron said 1876 as if Abraham Lincoln didn't die 10 years before oh, that? Oh, he did die before <laughs> that. It was 18. <laughs> he did. Come on, man. <laughs> But in 1876, we saluted oh, man, Lincoln, Lincoln with pictures in, in their house. He was gone. I'll tell you what. No, tomorrow, Lincoln was out of there by then, man. For you, I Myron, forgot. tomorrow I will I maybe have a, a couple of different pictures here. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely better know that date. <laughs> you know what? How'd I don't I know. There's, a lot, there's not a lot I can add to that. So I'm glad you're here, Myron. Now we are talking about the preseason games. <laughs> the preseason games this weekend. I try. Listen, I'm trying, folks. I am. He is. He's. He's laughing. This is what he does. That we. I, they. I tried to watch. Just laugh. Them. What? Yes, I am trying. I tried to watch the games because for me, preseason games are the equivalent of watching you know, cable news. I find them to be really boring and tedious. I do like the local announcers because sometimes you, you know, you can tell they're not all that prepared, but otherwise I don't particularly enjoy them. But I did want to watch the first one. I generally do to watch the rookie quarterbacks, specifically my guy from Kentucky, Will Levis, who played really well or pretty well until the very last series. They gave him a chance to go win the game and he threw a really bad pass that led to an interception and some Kentucky fans and Tennessee fans were sad to see that, but it's his first game. Then you go to Anthony Richardson, had a couple of really brilliant plays, but also some bad ones, poor decisions. Bryce Young kind of got beat up as the Carolina offensive line gave him not much time, three sacks, lots of pressures, and then C.J. Stroud only threw the ball four times, never really looked comfortable. Does any of that matter to you, Myron, or is it just something to talk about and it really has no impact on the future? You got to see more reps. You know, I don't think you can take the preseason, especially one game, and make decisions or conclusions about these guys. But I do think you can kind of go, okay, how far is the path between where they're at now and them being a starter in this league? And I think with Will Levis – for him, it's a personnel thing, right? Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis are ahead of him. Can he at least prove he's the backup? Malik Willis, by pre- the way, looked pretty decent, to be honest. Did. I mean, I think that was – Malik Willis probably fighting for a place in the league, and I actually thought he looked pretty decent. He did. Um, so, you know, he's got that battle there. And then you look at C.J. Stroud. I don't think there's a world where if you're D'Amico Ryan, you're not starting Davis Mills over the guy that you drafted with your first pick. Uh, and C.J. Stroud. What if, so he's ter- what, what if he's playing terrible, though, Myron? What if he – I mean, Bryce Young's going to start. But for C.J. Stroud, you got Davis Mills, who's played. If C.J. Stroud is just not ready, would you still throw him out there? I guess I'd have to know what not ready means. Like, if he just can't play right now, that's one conversation. If it's he's going to make a bunch of mistakes this season and hopefully learn, I think that's a different deal. I mean, remember, Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions in 1998 his rookie season. That is the 15th most interceptions in NFL history. He turned out to be okay. So if it's about him making mistakes and learning, I think that helped Justin Fields. I think that's helped others. Uh, but if he just can't play it, that's a different deal. Anthony Richardson, it feels like he's going to have to learn how to play quarterback because at Florida, he didn't excel at that position. So I just think it's difficult to learn that position in the NFL with all the speed and athleticism. 
but I'm mostly watching Bryce Young because there's no blueprint in this league as fast as it is right now, as athletic and freakish as it is for a guy that size to win big. You know, he has all of the skills, Matt, but he's also 5'10". And I don't know that there's another guy we've seen who's found a way to figure it out in this league. Russell Wilson was really good when he was younger. That was a long time ago. He's had a harder time as he's gotten older. Kyler Murray might be playing for his career, for his job this year in Arizona. So it's a difficult role, man, for a 5'10 guy in this league. I agree with that. I, you know, all right, so just they're all going to be in different places. I, Will Levis is not going to start. So I think that's certain. The question is just does he get the backup role? Bryce Young is going to start. But I actually think with C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, I'm not putting those guys out there unless I think they can be moderately good, not just because of my personal team, but I don't want to ruin the guys, right? So I was talking to former number one pick uh, Tim Couch on my radio show here locally, and he went to Cleveland. They put him out there immediately on the expansion year, and he took the most sacks in NFL history. He was sacked, sacked 56 times. And really, he said, I got so beat up, it affected me my whole career. Now, it's different now. They move quarterbacks around. They wouldn't take that many hits. But, Myron, I do think you have to worry about that, don't you? You do, because I think confidence is a big thing, especially for a young player. I don't think Bryce Young is in that situation, though. I mean, he's got veteran receivers, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. I think that defense should be okay. So I think he's actually coming to a situation where if you look at the NFC South, Carolina could compete uh, for the division title in a playoff spot if he's good enough to lead them there. Um, But I do think just the durability is the immediate concern. I don't know if you can take anything away from those four games, from the games that those four quarterbacks played, but I do think you can look at Bryce Young and go, hmm, can that dude stay healthy enough to reach his ceiling? I like this right here. One person writes me and says, I don't know why you all are laughing at Myron saying 1876 for Lincoln. I thought John F. Kennedy's best year as president was 1982, and Ronald okay. Reagan's <laughs> best year was 2010. So, all right, listen. I was off by a few. I was off by a few. All right, a few you know years. what? I mean, at least, at least it wasn't like a famous incident or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, he man. had no I one. Listen. I was yeah, off a few years, man. It's understandable if you don't know when Grover Cleveland was president, but I feel like with Abraham Lincoln, that's one no, of the listen, years I, you actually should know. But one of the first things goes. you learn is the year that you know what happened to Lincoln. So I should I should know. I knew better. You should. You don't know William Howard Taft, but you should know Abraham Lincoln. Now, conference realignment is mostly the talk. Is focused on football, but there's other big sports. How is it going to affect, for instance, college basketball? You're looking at two college basketball guys. We'll let you know conference realignment. How's this all going to end up? That's next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. I don't know this song, but it is mornings here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Matt Jones and Meyer Metcalf. I love that you're dancing. Like, just so you know, I do a show with him. I do a show with him every week on Sunday mornings. He doesn't dance. The moment you put a camera on, my man is out there doing the electric slide every time when we come back from break. I think that's impressive. I'm good at weddings. People like me at weddings, man. I'm sure that's true. Just for the record, sometimes I think, like many years ago on ESPN Radio when Tony Kornheiser was on this very network, there was a way you could listen online, and they would leave the microphones on during the break. I don't know if they, they don't yeah. do that anymore. But I wish we could do that on this because I didn't get him to finish the sentence. But during the last break, Myron Metcalf said this sentence to me. He said, is Kevin Durant – or is, is Abraham Lincoln – the Kevin Durant of presidents. What? That's what he said to me. Is Abraham yeah. Lincoln the Kevin Durant of presidents? Now, I want an explanation as to what you possibly could have meant. Well, I mean, just impact. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think, I think you know, strong legacy. That's all impact. you're basing um, this on? I mean, impact? just impact. Strong legacy. <laughs> uh, you know, played at a, at a polarizing time. You know, in, in, in the country. Impact is insane. Uh, I love it. Trump played in a polarizing time. He played in a polarizing supporters, time. That's but right. still sort of, you know, emerged. Um, yeah. Are you saying, it, like, it, you, know. you know, when 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 John Wilkes Booth would say bad things about him, he'd get on Twitter and clap back at him like Durant? Well, is I'm that just saying, you know, about? I mean, you know, he, now Lincoln had real haters, right? Like yes. real, like it wasn't just online, but – both had haters. Well, uh, well, I like none, none of them were online for Lincoln. <laughs> no, yeah. They didn't have electricity, uh, but to be honest with you, which was a problem. Yeah. But, I, but I, I mean, I, and I felt like if it was like you put all the presidents in the room, you're like, who's going to take the last shot okay, so politically? Let's do this I think it would be Lincoln. You know, <laughs> Who would take the last shot politically? Like, who, I don't, I don't even know what that is. had to be I've a big heard. moment. If, if there had to be a big decision made, I think all the presidents would turn to Lincoln and say, all right, well, we trust so you. So you're telling me historically, you're telling me historically, Lincoln is Durant. Let me just quickly go through. George, in your analysis, who is George Washington? James Harden. <laughs> George Washington what? is James what? Harden. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say yeah. James Harden is the, or excuse me, George Washington's the father of our country. Do you think that yeah. uh, James Harden is the father of you the know, NBA? Listen, man, James had some stuff. George had some stuff. That's all I'm saying, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think he you thought this through. <laughs> You know what? 888-SAY-ESPN. If you have a president that reminds you of an NBA player, I will know. Should we do that, though? I don't know if we should do that. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Fair (laughs) enough. We won't do that. I collect candles. You may not know this. And I realized I have a something that I bet you very few people in America have, a Rutherford B. Hayes candle. I don't know where I got this. But this is a yeah. Rutherford B. Hayes candle. And here's what it, here's what you asked me what it smelled like. And it says Rutherford B. Hayes banned alcohol and thus his wife would win try to win voters over by giving them all lemonade 
they called her Lemonade Lucy. So the Rutherford B. <laughs> Hayes candle smells, Myron, like lemons. So it's it's a candle for his okay. wife then. It's very misogynistic that they would act yeah. like his wife, he has to get credit Dude. for it. But nevertheless, it is what it is. I bet Miller Fillmore ain't got a candle. That dude don't have a Wikipedia page, you know. Like nobody is remembers that most, dude. Is he the most obscure president? William Henry Harrison was only president for a yeah, month. He's he like, died during the. Uh, he got sick during the inauguration. Yeah, I mean, Miller Fillmore is like the Kevin McHale or something. Like nobody remembers him. I found a Millard Fillmore candle on Etsy. There is Did not you? a Millard. It Fillmore smells like candle. s'mores. And it says no. Millard Fillmore. That's a weird smell for a candle, right? Well, they called it Millard Millard Fillmore. No, he did not call what? it Millard Fillmore. That's not his name. They that's did not, not call name, it Millard Fillmore. F I L L S apostrophe M O R E. I Listen, love it. If they called him Millard Fillmore, no, no, they were the messing candles with called that. I think the those candles weren't his real that. friends, man. I, I, oh, okay. I don't think. I don't think. I thought his nickname his friends called. Too, I ain't gonna hold you. Like, it has to be a three-wick candle for sure. Is yours a three-wick, Matt? No, this is a one-wick candle. I don't know, man. Bro, Yo, who was William Henry Harrison? Like, these presidents seem made up. Okay, William Henry Harrison. You should know William Henry significance there because everyone knows him for that. Like, what does anybody know Miller for? William Henry Harrison, so so you know, Myron, William Henry Harrison was the president who died during, he got sick during his inauguration. He got the flu, and he died 20 days later. Man, that's tough. Myron, I think you might need to go back to high school. I mean, they covered all this. It's in all they the did. textbooks. Yeah, they did. You do do a lot. You oh, you, oh, you, a lot oh you, all, you all in Philly had a William Henry Harrison? We'll get you a book uh, for your, your mantle that just says they, president. You spent a month on William Henry Harrison? What a boring high school you went to. Come yeah, on, we spent man. 20 days, man. He only we, we were, we were, were on the Roosevelt's and Lincoln, after. and we were on the exciting presidents. Right. The you ones all need to calm all down with, Wikipedia Kevin, pages. with your Kevin Durant of presidents. Let me go quickly because to college basketball. The realignment that is happening, which is going to end the Pac-12, also has implications in other sports. Myron, we've talked about it in college football ad nauseum, but the second biggest sport is college basketball, men's and women's. Realignment has now created a much better SEC basketball. The Pac-12 doesn't even really exist anymore. How do you think basketball is going to have changed with all this realignment creating two power conferences? Yeah, I think the Big 12 is definitely the class of college basketball. You add Arizona, you add Houston. Um, the SEC is going to be really good. Uh, the, the Big 10 will be strong as always. Here's where we're headed. Realignment is about money. It's about control, power, and influence. The NCAA tournament's current deal with Turner and CBS goes through the year 2032. My prediction, my guarantee, is that the NCAA tournament will end as you know it after that date. And the Power 5 schools, the Power 4, whoever they are, will create their own tournament, take all the revenue, and do their own thing. Like the NCAA is next in realignment in terms of things that go away. Can I take your bet on that? Because I actually am not as – I'm not nearly as pessimistic about that as you are. The NCAA tournament, the beauty of it is – now, in the Final Four, you want the powers. You want Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, et cetera. But in the beginning, you have to have the St. Peter's, the, you know, Fairleigh Dickinson's. You have to have those teams. And I I don't think these schools are stupid enough to not do that. 
if they don't – the NCAA tournament will always be big, but it will not be what it is unless you have that four days of upsets. If you lose that, I think it will hurt the tournament permanently. Matt, I'm with you. You know how much I love the tournament and that I think it's the greatest sporting event in the world. But realignment is doing something that we've never seen before. You and I know there have been coaches, ADs, presidents who've been having this conversation for a long time. They would They're get not all do the that, revenue. Though. That's that's cutting up They're your nose to spite your face. You can't do they'll that. They'll do it. If you I do, I, do if it. they if they do that, I think they're making a grave mistake. Everything else they've done makes sense to me. That would be one. You have to have the possibility of St. Peter's beating Kentucky and Virginia losing to UMBC. If you take that away, I think you really, really hurt the tournament. We're going to let Myron read up on presidents during the the break here. And when we are next, we will have James Harden making crazy statements this morning here on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.